0: I'm Megan Skidmore and this is Beyond the Shadow of Doubt. I am a woman, daughter, sister, spouse, mother, life coach, and person of faith on a mission to normalize asking questions and allowing doubts, not only in a faith journey, but in all aspects of life. Join me in bringing this traditionally taboo topic out of the shadows of shame and into the sunlight. I'm a firm believer that we normalize through more talking having more discussion. When we're more authentic about our journey, we are more powerful because shame has no power in the face of authenticity. Welcome to the Beyond the Shadow of Doubt podcast. Our guest today is Heather Rackham. And Heather is, I'll give her a chance in a minute to share what she does. But as a life coach, she sends out regular emails And recently, an email that Heather sent out just struck me. I actually do read your emails. (laughs) Nice to know. (laughs) And it was about creating more certainty. And after I read that email, it was just like all the lights went off and it just resonated and I just had to reach out. So without further ado, I want to welcome you, Heather today to the podcast and give you a chance to introduce yourself to our listeners and share a little bit about you your background what you do and then we'll just dive right in.
1: Thank you so much Megan it's so fun to be here. Mm-hmm. I do have a podcast with all the I run a directory for life coaches and in conjunction with that directory we do a podcast. So Megan has been on podcasts yes. with me before and it's so fun to be On the opposite side and get to be. Yay!
0: I was hoping so.
1: Thank you (laughs) you for having me. It's so fun, and I always say my family also thanks you for having me because these are the conversations I love to have that they don't so much like to have. So they're really
0: glad that I get this all out of my system with other people. (laughs) That is amazing. I love that, and I love these kind of conversations. So it's a match. Yep, it is a perfect match. So
1: well, anyway. Megan, thanks again for having me. I will share a little bit about me. I've been raised in Boise, Idaho. I've been here basically my whole life. My husband as well. We live now in a little, just a little bit outside of Boise in CUNA. We live on, I always like to share this because it's like the favorite part of my story. We live on 25 acres that we share with my sister and her family. And our kids have just grown up together with, it was like, nobody knows- Sometimes I think people don't know whose kids belong to who. They just have like, they just run from house to house and they used to. There our kids are most of them are out of the house now, but it's been an ideal way to raise a family. And I feel blessed that I have a sister next door. I actually have five younger sisters and that is always very much a big part of my story because it's greatly shaped who I am. My sisters are my best friends and I love to be with them. Awesome. I have been a mom, a stay at home mom for many years. My oldest is 22. And when she was about 17, I kind of started getting this inkling that there was something else that I was supposed to be doing or could be doing if I wanted to, but I had no desire to, because I was so content at home with my family and just really never thought I would do anything else. But I kind of like, I will say divine intervention because it was almost like a lightning bolt strike one day. I had been listening to a lot of coaching podcasts and it was this strong impression that this was my next move in life. And I kind of fought that kicking and screaming because I was, it felt very uncomfortable to do that. And I was very comfortable in my life. I wasn't really too interested in making myself uncomfortable. But I did. And I have been so glad that I have done that because it has brought people like you into my life in ways that I didn't necessarily know. I ended up through that path of becoming a coach and having my own clients, have found myself running this directory for life coaches. It's the life coach directory for Latter day Saints. And all of the coaches that are listed on the directory are members of the church. It does not mean that they only coach people who are members of the church, but it just means that kind of coach from that, we have that background. And oftentimes people want to find a coach who has kind of their same background and understands their values. So uh-huh. I love it. And I have loved the time that I that I get to spend there. So anyway, I could share forever That's many no, that's things, a, but that's I will great, leave it at that.
0: That's a great start. And I have to say, I have sisters too. And I think if I were one of your sisters, I would be totally jealous of your situation sharing <laughs> that kind of space with your yeah, other sister, but I'm awesome. sure they get to benefit from it as well. But you know what? Most of
1: my sisters live around and I have Sunday dinner at my house every Sunday. I have probably between 20 and 30 people here almost every Sunday. So we do all get to get, oh, wow. we get together every week. So it's fantastic. And my parents live close by too. So we have, I feel like it's pretty ideal.
0: That is fantastic. When you said you started to get this inkling when your kiddo was seventeen, and you fought yeah. it, and you're like, "No, that really doesn't feel fun to me. Doesn't feel great. I always know that's what I'm supposed to do." Something. I know, I know. <laughs> I almost said, "Nope, you can't fight it. That'll just just, just give you more just trouble." Go with it, <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. I think it's a great service what you do to. You've created a great community of life coaches, and you have two directories, right? One that's specifically for those that are of the LDS faith background. However, you are creating another one that's for any and yeah, all. The other one is just a general
1: directory. Um, yeah. I don't do a podcast with that one, but there's blog posts and things that you can find in that directory too. So
0: it's, yes, I love it. It's and been... I'm working on an entry for you. So oh, good. I'd love. We'll that. get there. <laughs> so this podcast, I felt. It was one of those moments I felt very strongly for a long time that this was in my path. And it took me a little over a year to actually act on it because of the butterflies and the nerves and the how is that, what's that going to look like? Yeah. Are you sure, Lord? Are you sure? (laughs) Well, and there's so much I don't know how to's that
1: go along with that That, as well, right? There's the fear of just doing it, but then there's, there are some logistical things that come along with it as well. Definitely.
0: So. Definitely. Yeah. And because I found a platform that was relatively user-friendly and no cost, I just kind of ran out of excuses. That and <laughs> I that. just I just <laughs> felt like it was time because I think addressing this topic is so needed in especially conservative Christian faiths, not just our faith, but mm-hmm. all conservative faiths. Because traditionally asking questions and having doubts, let alone acknowledging out loud in some type of public means is just traditionally frowned upon, or it's not safe to, or it's seen as you're less than in some way, not a true believer Mm -hmm. or a true follower. And I just, coaching has taught me a lot of things. And I'd say the biggest thing is to think for myself. And I just I no longer subscribe to that way of thinking. And the more guests I've had that I've interviewed and heard their stories, and the more that I have dug into this topic, I have learned this is actually where the living is. This is where the growth is. This is where the expansion of self, of mind, of heart, of spirit, this is where it all happens. I truly believe God wants this. This was Part of the whole purpose of this earth existence, this earth life. I created this podcast to help normalize having doubts, asking Mm -hmm. questions. We all have them. It's not a big deal. It doesn't mean any of those things that I mentioned earlier, unless we choose to believe that. I have found the more we talk about it and bring it into mainstream conversations, the less those stigmas will stick around. I'd love for you just to share a little bit, you did share your background, share anything you'd like us to know about your faith journey. You have had questions Mm -hmm. come up for you, things that you weren't sure about, maybe brought up doubts for you. And just really quickly, in episode 12, for the purposes of my podcast, I defined the word doubt in that episode. I looked up the origin of the word doubt. Doubt can be a noun or it can be a verb. As a verb, it means to be uncertain. When used as a noun, it's to purposefully suspend judgment. So with that foundation in mind, anything that comes up for you that has been a part of your faith journey?
1: Yeah, thank you, Megan. I love, you're always so well-spoken and gentle, and I love speaking with you it's, um, for that Same. reason. So Same. thank you. Same to you. I will start with my faith journey as a young child. When I was eight years old, I, I shared with you, I have five younger sisters. I'm the oldest of seven children. I have one brother that passed away when I was eight. He was fifth in our lineup of seven kids. We always just chuckled and laughed. He knew there was two more girls to come and he was like, peace out, dad. I'm not, I can't hang here with, with six girls. <laughs> but my journey, I really believe started Then I had a very strong testimony formed at that time of a life after death of eternal families and the knowledge that I would be with him again. My parents have kept him very much alive in our lives. We celebrate his birthday. I have a little bear sitting in a chair behind me. My mom, a few years back, made us all a bear that is wearing some of his clothes. And it's where I I lay my head to say my prayer every morning. It'll get me emotional. On my Ryan Bear, he was very much a significant part of my faith. And I would have considered myself most of my life a, I called it, I was just gifted to believe. I just did not doubt faith in any way. I just was a gifted believer. And I only share this because I think sometimes when we share callings that we have in our society, we get kind of, we have a preconceived notion of what people in these particular callings might be, but I was a really study president when I was in my young thirties. I was a stake young women's president when I was in my older thirties. I had callings where I was often testifying of the truthfulness of the gospel in front of many, many people.
0: But I- I, I get that. I totally understand that. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. I was like that too, growing up as yeah. a lifelong member. Go ahead though, yeah.
1: Yeah, and- When I started getting that inkling to do something else in my life, aside from being a mom with my kids, I mean, obviously that continues for the rest of my life, but it felt like it was time to, to incorporate some other things. It was becoming a life coach and it was learning so many things in that field that propelled me in that direction. One of the things that brought me to that decision was I had a very strong experience when I was working with a coach, learning that the tools I was learning was the way to experience Christ-like love for people on this earth. Until that point, I was always like, yeah, it's nice to think about like being able to do that, but it's just really, how can you really love all the people, all the people that are idiots, the people that drive me crazy. Like you just really can't love all the
0: people. Forgive me for sounding that way, but
1: that was like always in the background. No, of my that mind. would be it's like just, saying you can't
0: be human. I think yeah. that's important to acknowledge that part of you. Yeah. So you so I just want to clarify, you said you had a very strong experience that the tools you were learning was a way to teach people how, how to, to be tap Christ-like, into that ability. How to tap into it. Like I we learn, it.
1: like we're always taught, right? We should be Christ-like. We can be Christ-like. It is the way, you know, have charity, all those things. We're taught that in our faith. But I felt like the tools in how to get past some of our stumbling blocks, like this to me felt like the how to, this was the roadmap to actually do it. I felt like I was given some tools to actually weed through my brain and make it happen. And in learning those things, I I had this very profound experience. This is the way to do it. And now it's time to share it with other people. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that coin, and I think so much of learning to be, to have charity and Christ-like love is learning that we can choose and think for ourselves. We can make choices and we have the ability to believe realistically anything we want to believe. Mm -hmm. That is agency. The flip side of that, the, the opposite side of that token is also I can choose to believe anything I want to believe. And. Do I really believe the things that I have always believed, especially religious things? So it was the same side, it was two different sides of the same coin, I felt like. So the thing that I felt like I'd always been gifted with, all of a sudden, I was struggling to know if I really believed the things that I had always believed. And I would say that that was kind of the beginning of my faith journey, my faith transformation. And really having to get to the bottom of whether or not I did want to, if I really did truly believe the things that I already always thought that I believed, if that makes any sense. It was, it's been a painful journey, a scary journey, I think, mm-hmm. because having always been what I would call a gifted believer to start questioning things that always brought yeah. me peace and and I felt certain about, as you talked about, certainty the things I thought that I felt certain about, I no longer felt
0: certain about Yeah, was very scary to me. I think that's very normal. Yeah. I think that's typical. It's really a hard thing to try to describe to someone unless you have experienced it yourself yeah. firsthand. And in some ways, I think that's what makes it more personal. That's what helps create the experience for you to have that opportunity to cultivate and even deeper more rich connection and relationship with the divine oh absolutely but i totally understand and and get that it's one of the most painful things to feel like everything okay not everything but a lot of things that you understood a certain way you have had new insight mm-hmm. or new information new perspective perhaps shared by somebody else Perhaps that you've read, perhaps that you just didn't understand in a certain way. I mean, our brains mature as we get yeah. older and that reasoning, it develops. And so to realize, wait a minute, this isn't how I thought it was, or this isn't the way I I understood it to be. But yet now that literally kind of my eyes have been open to someone else's experience or a different way to look at it. Sometimes it feels like your rug has just been pulled out from underneath you. And I don't know, maybe you're on top of a really tall building. (laughs) and The building falls too, and you're just falling with it. And lo and behold, there's a basement and you just keep falling. You keep going. You keep going. I know
1: where I felt like I was always a gifted believer before, like I was just gifted with faith. I can say at this stage in my life, I feel like I truly have faith for the first time because i think it becomes faith when you choose to believe rather than just believe i feel like at this point in my life it is i truly can say that i i have faith and i'm not it's i'm not just blessed with it i'm making the choice to have faith
0: yeah this is really my pivot i call it my pivot in my faith journey that has mm-hmm. led into a faith expansion i've never been one to really feel like the term faith crisis resonated. It doesn't
1: resonate with me either.
0: Yeah. yeah, Because to me, that means something has gone wrong. And so I don't choose to view it that way. For me, it's, even though it can be painful and very difficult, the person that I've started to become and continue to become, and I know there's potential for more, this wasn't supposed to happen. I don't usually cry on my podcast. Wow. (laughs) I cried on yours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I cried
0: on mine with you too. (laughs) The transformation in many ways, it very much is that. It's just, you cannot put a price on it. You can't, you can't encapsulate, put it in a box, wrap it up and hand it over to somebody. I mean, you can't, I kind of forget where I was going with this because I started to get so emotional. The person I have grown and continue to grow to be is just, it's worth it, I guess, Mm -hmm. is what I'm saying
1: and i, I like would think
0: turn the clock back
1: no Sorry, go ahead. no that's fine i kind of like to think of it as a faith progression because that truly is what it is i think i know that you've certainly done studies on faith stages of faith and when you learn about those stages of faith you recognize that nothing has gone wrong like oh. this is just a natural yeah. part of our development and progression right. and if we can hold on and work our way through that progression and the struggle that we feel there is something very beautiful on the backside and not even the backside. Like I still feel like it's the front side of it, right? Like we just still like, that's the way it's meant to be. And, and I guess that's what I I hope and and pray that my children understand is, and I have been sharing with them more frequently that this this is going to happen. You are going to have questions. You are going to have doubts, yes. and that's not where you you don't need to stop there. Like you, right. you it's, it's part of it. It's natural. Exactly. It's and you hang on. You hang on and you work with it. Don't fight against it. You work with it and and it's yes. molding you into something bigger and grander.
0: So I remember now what I was going to say. You were talking about faith, and what I was going to say is I've learned for myself too how faith is a verb it's an action it's not something that you just have or you don't have mm-hmm. you it's truly something that you you put one foot in front of the other and it's it's a daily thing they might be micro steps micro footsteps in front of the other but it is something that is it's active it's ongoing and then also the other thing i wanted to say is you're talking about the stages of faith one of my most favorite explanations of this Phenomena. This concept is by Richard Rohr. I'm sure you're familiar with Richard Rohr. And he talks about the first half of life and the second half of life. Have you heard that before? I don't know that I have heard that. So I'm excited to hear you say, to to expand on it a little bit. Well, he talks about how the first half of life is we build that strong identity for ourselves, a container. It's about... Uh, creating that identity that sense of um, importance and security and some adults are still living in their first half of life mm-hmm. right which is not a bad thing right no, i no. think
1: if if they're happy and content there then that i mean i think that's
0: important to acknowledge that it it, is. there's nothing that absolutely that's, is it is better. Um, and and He says, he also says, in this half, we tend to be preoccupied with our reputation at work in the community, financial security, establishing a place we call home, those types of things. In his view, much of contemporary society is overly preoccupied with the first half of life tasks. Okay. So that's the first half of life. It's a normal part. Okay. And, and much of what he says resonates with me. But you were talking about how with your kiddos, you're trying to share with them it's going to happen for all of us. That's the point. It's part of it. And so here's what Richard dorr says about the second half of life, spirituality. He says, as we enter the second half of life, we need to move beyond mere adherence to rules. Second half of life, people are more guided by the principles of the Beatitudes rather than the injunctions of the Ten Commandments. This doesn't mean that these are rejected. Rather the commandments are transcended while included in the deeper calling of the Beatitudes. And he points out Jesus himself seems to do this when he moves beyond the fourth commandment, injunction to honor thy father and thy mother. So it's a maturing of Mm -hmm. that identity. You have to start somewhere no matter what. You always have to have a foundation because you can't build on it. You can't build without having a foundation. So it's that maturing of looking more outside of oneself less focusing on our identities or on how we're seen by society and and more focus on connection with our higher self focus on like you said the principles of the beatitudes versus mm-hmm. lists and checking boxes and that type of thing yeah and i think if they even if they don't have words for it those who are listening now or who have heard of this concept you which half you're in.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because the person probably in the first half of that would have been very fearful of thinking about my children, experiencing these questions and going through this phase of life where you struggle and grapple with a lot of the things that you have learned, trying to decide if you do want to continue to believe it as a person in that phase, as a mom, I would have been afraid of thinking of my kids experiencing that. And at this phase in my life, probably I'm in that, probably that maybe that second half. I don't know. I see it very differently. And like I said, I, I'm trying to teach my kids and they're older a little bit now that this is going to happen and it's nothing to be feared. I am it, and it's okay, right? I think we get into a lot of trouble when we're so fearful of our children experiencing these things. Yeah, and agree. and it, it will push them away when that time does come, when they do and who else? I mean, I want them to come to me with their questions and I yeah. want to be a safe space for them. And right. so uh,
0: it's not something I fear anymore. Yes, I, I agree 100%. I think often of... When I have felt that fear come up in the past, I try to reflect on the example of our heavenly parents, right? We were all given this opportunity to come here. And certainly we have all been entrusted with Mm -hmm. that divine gift of being able to reason and think and weigh things out and learn and make choices and learn from those choices. You don't learn if you if everything's always a win or a success or a positive or a, I don't even like to use the word failure anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just, there's just, they're all learning opportunities. Yeah. It's all experience. Yes. So I want to shift a little bit to this email that really jumped out at me Mm -hmm. because I, my ears always tune in when I hear these concepts that Mm -hmm. I have spent a lot of my time studying about and and researching about and learning about. And that is certainty. And I'm going to quote a little bit from your email. And the email was entitled, Creating More Certainty. And I loved it. You said, we talk a lot about self-confidence, self-compassion, etc. What about self-certainty? We spend a lot of time wanting certainty. I think we crave it. But what if rather than looking for the certainty outside of us, we sought for the certainty within. What would it be like? I imagine it would sound a little like, I'm certain I will figure this out. I'm certain I will say something kind to myself, even if it follows something unkind. I'm certain I will take some deep breaths today when it gets a little crazy. There's so much uncertainty and yes, our brain hates it. So why not give it the certainty it wants? And then your ending question was, how can you bring some certainty into our uncertain world today? Wow. I read that. Just chills went through me like, okay, Heather is my kind of gal. (laughs) Isn't
1: that funny Um, when you, I just have to say, I think it's very funny when, when things come to mind. Like when I, there are certain emails that I write where it's like, something is just placed in my mind that needs to be shared. And you just like, it struck me in that moment. It's very much for me. And I appreciate when people share with me that it resonated with them because I I come to recognize that we can in some ways be a conduit occasionally for other people to receive some help and inspiration as well. And I'm not just saying that for me, I'm saying that for all of us. We each have the opportunity to, that's
0: why we're here together is to... Exactly. And the fact that you were willing to put yourself out there and address this in an email is super meaningful. That's where these conversations start. So I thought I want to interview this girl for my podcast. (laughs) And I want to just take a minute and for fun, answer some of these questions that you posed. I loved them. You said, what if rather than looking for the certainty outside of us, we sought for the certainty within? What would it be like? Can you share a little bit more about your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's natural that
1: we want certainty, right? Like our brain wants to know what's going to happen because that feels very safe to just know what's ahead, right? But I think it's very indulgent to think that we actually ever can know what's going to happen. Really and truly, the only place that we can find certainty, I believe, is in our relationship with God and coming to know him and with ourselves; Those are the only two places where, we, and even sometimes with God, there's still some uncertainty there, right? Like we can come to know and yeah. understand who we think he is, but we still have a lot of questions. So I think the only certainty that we can have is from within. And I think it's very interesting that we are always looking for it outside of us. Cause honestly, we, we won't find it. Like we can't be yeah. certain about anything. Which sounds, it's very, it's very not fun to think that way, but I think it's realistic. So
0: that is one of the concepts I have loved really internalizing in my journey as a life coach is recognizing within me how often I, myself, and I can see it in my clients as well. We're looking for external cues Mm -hmm. to define our world, to define ourselves to define our journey right versus looking from within versus connecting to our own inner wisdom our own inner guide and there's several ways that we refer to it as i talk about that a couple podcasts ago about how learning to trust that inner voice is what helps us to lean into our questions and doubts and if we don't have that trust if we don't have that connection with our inner selves chances are we're not going to feel safe to lean into these doubts and questions. So I totally agree with you. I see it the same. It's so important to to develop that relationship with ourselves, but it's not something that we are taught or that for some it might be more inherent if it's modeled Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But as I have explored this, for my own, you know, my own experience. It's, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. I think the word
1: trust is very integral to certainty. I think that it takes some certainty to start to trust yourself. And what I mean is that you have to just decide that while you're learning to trust yourself, you are going to be certain that you are going to be kind to yourself. meaning. Why I'm making mistakes, while I'm learning to tune into myself and understand myself, I am certain that I am going to have compassion with myself. Like it's just telling yourself and and it's almost having that dialogue with yourself. I'm certain that I'm going to be kind. If this doesn't go the way that I think it should go, if I struggle with learning to trust myself, that's okay. I love me. I'm certain that I will just, Yes. Be kind to myself.
0: Right. Yes. So I think it, it goes hand in hand. I feel that for sure. It's giving ourselves permission to just experience the experience, mm-hmm. to just have it all, no matter what, and be okay with being in that place of, I don't know where this questioning or this particular circumstance and not understanding it, I don't know where that exploration is going to lead me but there's value in that process there's value in the learning in the diving in and diving deep mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah,
1: like, absolutely like and, you're certain that there's going to be value in the process i yes. i just think when we look for certainty outside of us and we yes. just have to change those words just a little bit like i'm certain i'm going to find value in this yes. process right like it it might not it might be a hard process but i'm certain that i'm mm. i'm going to look for
0: the things that are valuable and let go of Forget about trying to fill in a blank of what you're hoping for will come of it or that you think will come of it or that someone else's expectation. Just let go of all of that and lean in to the uncertainty of what you're going to learn as well. Yes. Yeah. That's a beautiful concept to me. I love that. Maybe not always. I know. We don't. <laughs> I've gotten more used to it. You know,
1: <laughs> because gosh darn it, it would still be great if we could just be certain of things externally as well, but.
0: <laughs> yes. yes, I totally get that. Yes. Gosh, that's fantastic. I love it. So moving on a little bit, another question that you posed and maybe you've answered this and you're just sharing so much amazing wisdom. You said, why not give it the certainty it wants? Mm-hmm. Can you share some examples of what that would look like or sound like? I think you started to, why not give it the certainty at once when you were saying, I'm certain I can figure this out. Yeah. I'm certain I can learn something that I don't already know. Yeah. Is that what I mean, you're talking yes, about? Yes. Like
1: I said, we crave certainty. We want certainty. We want to know that we're going to be safe, like that our everything will be fine at the end of the day, that we will nobody will have been injured that we just know everything right we want that certainty our bodies our brains want it and and since we can't give it that externally why not do it ourselves right so it is just it just becomes like i said that dialogue it is just kind of learning to have that background conversation and certainly i'm not perfect at that but i have learned to try to be aware and i'll notice sometimes when i am not giving myself that certainty it takes me a while and then i can oh yeah i'm i'm looking for something outside of me to to help me feel strong to help me feel brave to help me feel whatever it is that i need to feel at this moment i'm looking for certainty outside of me but i have decided that i am certain when i recognize that i'm looking for it outside of me i also will give me give myself that certainty right so it's just mm-hmm choosing to be certain that I will give it to me when I recognize that I need it, even if it takes me a while to recognize that I am needing some self-certainty. I feel like I just talked myself in a circle, but that's really how (laughs) it feels sometimes. Like it feels like you're talking yourself in a circle. (laughs) Are you like the dog following his tail? Yes, I am.
0: So I love this. I'm so glad it's recorded because I'm going to go back (laughs) and re-listen as well.
1: (laughs) I'll recognize that I'm kind of scrambling a little bit, right. That I'm not feeling secure about something. And though I, I don't always recognize it right off. I have decided that it's never too late then to offer myself that certainty. Like, Oh yeah, here you go. Like you are looking for some certainty and I am willing to give it to you now. Right. So
0: I don't know if that makes sense, but I think it does. There's always whatever we choose to make available to ourselves. It's there. Yeah. So here is the question of the century. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, great. (laughs) No. Well, I sent you the question, so it's not going to be anything you're not already (laughs) reviewed that you haven't already reviewed. So this is a great conversation. This is a helpful conversation, useful and needed, right? It helps us in our discipleship, in our spiritual and our faith journeys and our growth, and also in our families, and our relationships, mm-hmm. and in our various communities, how can we bring this into our faith communities? Do you think? Is it possible? Yes, I do think it's
1: possible. I think it is, it takes, I think it takes some self-certainty to do it because it is very uncomfortable to kind of Speak up occasionally to ask a question that might provoke some discussion, right? To that might offer a different perspective, but it Mm -hmm. takes some certainty that you will also be kind to yourself when you do that, right? Like, I know you're afraid to do this. Yes. But I'm certain that this is what I can, this can be my part, right? So, I think yes. it, it takes some kindness to yourself in order to do it and know that, because I don't know about you, but when I do something that I feel like maybe rubs other people the wrong way or causes some people to be uncomfortable, I will look back on that experience and like dissect it for a while afterwards. Like not always very kindly to myself, like, Oh, maybe oh, I, you never, done, I, you know. I, I never, I no, never, never do, never, never do. But what, half of what we're afraid of in doing that is how we are going to react to ourselves for doing it, right? Like, cause we know that we aren't always kind to ourselves when we do that. And so yeah. we have to just decide that we're willing to ask some hard questions sometimes, even if it feels uncomfortable for us. And even if I know that I might bother myself with thoughts about it for a while, and that's going to be okay because I love me anyway. And this is part of my process.
0: Does that make yeah. any sense? No, <laughs> you know it, it absolutely does. It's another way I kind of refer to that concept is just having our own backs. And incidentally, yeah. that is exactly why people hire coaches. Because when you are navigating a new journey, maybe one that you haven't even... Ventured on, or even considered. It's just super helpful to have somebody who can help you get outside of your own brain, get outside of that tangle that sometimes you find yourself in, and your brain and your heart. And sometimes it's all mixed into one, and it it just helps you so much. And as you, if this is your purposeful journey, you want to become more open. You want to be able to to be more sharing in in a faith community, in a family situation, in any type of relationships, this is what's going to create spaces for deeper connections, spaces for actual real living right. real stuff yeah,
1: I'm actually glad you brought that up. I think it is like you and I are coaches, right and we yeah. have a lot of tools, but, that doesn't mean that we are always capable of getting outside of our own brain and doing the work yes. for ourselves. And I start, I recognize, I I typically am working with a coach. I have not been working with, my, with a personal coach for the last couple of months. And I've noticed that there are some things that I am really struggling to get yes. outside of my brain on. And the thought that. just came to me, yeah. it's time to reach out to so-and-so. And it's interesting because yes. my brain will if i'm listening it will direct me to a particular coach to reach out to there's been different coaches that i've reached out to on my journey because they all come from a little bit different perspective and have something different and unique that they can offer to me while i work through something mm-hmm. and i just reached out to one on friday actually and said i'm feeling that i need to be working yeah. with you right now it's an important part of our journey i think for me it has been very helpful
0: oh absolutely i Honestly, I don't know how people don't have a life coach. I mean, it doesn't need to be every single week, but it is so useful to have access to someone. And for me, I appreciate someone who I've worked with before that Mm -hmm. knows my history, who's gotten to know me and my personality, my tendencies, maybe my weak spots, my strengths. Mm -hmm. And I love that you bring that up. Yeah. Just because we're coaches doesn't mean that we don't need or benefit from coaching ourselves. That's absolutely true. So this time has flown. I cannot believe I've taken a little time. And I can just talk, 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 talk. No, no. I've loved it. (laughs) I've loved it. But I always like to ask my guests this question. And that is, what does it mean to you to live beyond the shadow of doubt? I've been pondering
1: this question for a couple of days and I think we could probably have a whole podcast episode on me answering
0: this question. Well, maybe we will because in the future.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, as I was pondering this, I thought to myself, it takes two things to create a shadow. It takes a source of light and it takes an object. And I think in this instance, I would like to, my source of light if in is the sun, right? if I was to look at it in in this way, like the source of light is typically the sun and me. And then that's what creates the shadow, correct? So it takes two things to create a shadow. Yes. And if I was to look at that shadow, it would be the doubt, right? Like that is the doubt. And as I've thought about that, I've thought if we looked at that in a different way, if we looked at the sun as being divine, divine, whoever you look to as a being a greater power, a greater, higher power for me, it's ours, Jesus Christ or our heavenly parents. They are my source of light and they shine on me. And then I have doubt that's cast behind me. But in order for that, the shadow to look back to the sun, like it has to look around me, right? Like the shadow can't look, it can't see the sun directly. It has to look through me. And we are, we get in our own way. We're the ones that, that create that doubt. And, but it's created, I can't help but think that it is created from a higher yeah. power, right? Like we need it. We need those two yes. things.
0: And to me, it fits right in with this concept, this knowledge that we have of opposition in all things. Yeah. You really wouldn't know the sorrow without the joy. hmm You wouldn't know what feels discomfort, uncomfortable without also feeling ease and comfort. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So I, I think the bigger we get, the more, I mean, I guess if you're, if you're looking at your shadow, if you got really big, your, your doubt, if it was the shadow would get really big too, right? The more we just like think of ourselves or don't look to a higher power, the bigger we get and the bigger our doubts We'll get as well. I think to to live beyond a shadow of a doubt, or I don't know that I'm phrasing that question correctly, beyond the shadow of a doubt. Shadow
0: of doubt.
1: Beyond the shadow of doubt is to learn to to look past us and to look to that greater source. I think when as my part of my faith progression, my faith journey has been to, I think I would initially look to outside sources for questions. I once again I was looking for that certainty outside and I had to learn that the only place I was going to find certainty about my testimony about my faith was between me and and the divine between my heavenly parents and my savior Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And once I stopped, you know, if I had a question and I stopped going to look outside and I brought that just inward to myself and to my my heavenly parents my, it felt so different. Like those doubts felt much more like part of the journey rather than something that had gone wrong, if that makes sense. Yes. So I don't know, that was a big, long explanation, but I just no. thought how important it was to recognize that it takes I, two things to have doubt. And, it. and one of them's a divine source and the other one is me and we need them all. We need, yes. they're all part of it. They're all I part love of the your analogy
0: with the sun. I addressed this a very similar concept in episode eight, it's entitled the opposite of shadow Mm. is light. So I'll leave a link in the show notes. That one, what you're saying though, really resonates with me. So beautiful. So beautiful. I love everything you've shared and I appreciate it. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love heart to heart conversations like this so much. Me too. Thank you. I I thrive on them. So These are, I didn't tell you about this, but I always like to ask a few questions just so we can get to know you a little bit better. These just require one or two word answers. That's it. (laughs) Okay, let's hear it. Tell us your favorite book. Oh gosh. One of my favorites would probably be Jane Eyre
1: or (laughs) The Nightingale. Oh my gosh. I was going to say the same for (laughs) me, like all of the the old English
0: writers. And one of my
1: most recent ones that I've read that I think might have become one of my favorite is A Gentleman in Moscow.
0: Oh, anyway,
1: nice. Love that
0: one. So, okay. Would you call yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Oh, for sure. An introvert. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm an INFP. <laughs> I'm right down the middle. Okay. What about a favorite artist? Oh
1: gosh. A favorite artist. Mm, as in a musician artist you or. You fill in
0: that blank, whichever. Fill in the blank. Whichever comes
1: to gosh. mind. <laughs> A lot of my favorites were formed in my childhood. So I would probably have to say like I would go to like hair or, or the carpenters or like Neil Diamond. Yeah, like some the of 70s. the old <laughs> yeah, some of those old ones or some Can of the Can you my believe favorites.
0: I've seen him in concert? He was very old. Mm-hmm. He, very, he very was. Old. But he was still <laughs> singing, still sounded the same. Okay. What about are you a night owl or morning, Mark? Oh, morning for sure. Morning. I'm like in bed <sighs> by
1: Nine o'clock usually. I wish I were. <laughs> but I'm up by five, and I can't sleep longer. So there's that.
0: I've always wished I could do that. Do you have a celebrity crush?
1: My family would say Hugh Jackman was my celebrity crush. So <laughs> I would probably one. agree.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a good one. Yeah. Do you drink still or carbonated water, or are you a soda fan? Mm, I
1: am a like club soda person with lemon or lime. Lemon. I can't yeah. do water. If I drink water right now, especially when it's cold outside, I am a hot water drinker, which my family is is appalled by, <laughs> but I drink hot water over <laughs> cold water if it's cold outside.
0: <laughs> okay. I've not ever heard of that. That's awesome. <laughs> I know it's very <laughs> silly, but it is what it is. <laughs> okay. And then the last one, what's the furthest place you've traveled? Mm,
1: Switzerland and it's one of my most favorite places oh that I've gosh. ever been I finally yeah. made
0: it there this past Christmas. did you drove through oh, the Alps journey yes. oh my gosh so gorgeous yeah well tell our listeners today about any offers that you have about where and how they can connect with you and find you on social media and all of the things
1: yeah so the best place to find me is just I don't know, <laughs> my podcast. You can listen to our podcast, which um, is me and the coaches. That's called Latter-day Life Coaches. And I, I don't take personal clients right now. I spend a lot of my time with the directory. So I, I will take some by referral occasionally, but my Instagram is Heather Rackham Coaching. People can find me there. But for the most part, it's just like go to ldslifecoaches.com and you'll find a fantastic group of people there and also lifecoachdirectory.com. And but I love all the people yes. there. And I know I feel
0: confident in sending people there. So, and you are an amazing fearless leader of that group. You do amazing. Well, that's nice of you. Educational points and book clubs and bring in speakers. It's a fantastic group. Thank you. It's so a thank lot you for of fun. creating that space. Yeah. It has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. And I thank you so very much for your time. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Come join me in Hopeful Spaces, a Dallas Hope Charities component of Hopeful Discussions, which is sponsored by Mercedes-Benz Financial Services USA. Hopeful Spaces is a monthly parent, caregiver, and ally support group facilitated by Megan Skidmore Coaching. To join is free. Simply send an email to chc at dallashopecharities.org. Visit meganskidmorecoaching.com where you can find this podcast, as well as additional free resources. Check the podcast show notes on any platform for links to sources cited. Follow me on Facebook or Instagram for more and to send me a DM. To help the podcast grow, please follow, rate, and review, as well as share it with a friend. Beyond the Shadow of Doubt is a proud member of the Dialogue Podcast Network, which is a part of the Dialogue Journal found at dialoguejournal.com forward slash podcast network. Founder Eugene England was a Mormon writer, teacher, and scholar who wrote, My faith encourages my curiosity and awe. It thrusts me out into relationship with all creation and encourages me to enter into dialogue. My hope is that this podcast is an extension of that vision. Thanks for being here. Until next time.